You're listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. Greetings and welcome to the Marginally Geeky Show. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Uh, tonight I'm joined by Chris, Ray, and Sean. How are y'all doing? Good. Good. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, we are running a little late, uh, as you may have noticed uh, in your uh, uh, podcatcher of choice, that uh, there was not an episode for November. Um, life happens. Uh, you know, we don't we don't do the show for you know uh, we're not making any money off of this. You know, it's not like it's our, our our job or whatever. So you know, we 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 try to stay consistent, but uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, some people are uh, going, you know, having some school stuff going on. Some people are having some work stuff going on. Some people are going to New York City for the premiere of a movie. You know, life. <laughs> so, uh, for more information on that last comment, uh, check out the Epically Geeky show uh, where I explain how I got to go to the premiere of Ghostbusters Afterlife, which was it's still and insane. We, we also discussed the movie itself. And we discussed the movie. So, yes, if you have not seen the movie, then don't listen to the episode yet. <laughs> make sure you go watch the movie and make sure you stay till the end, right, Ray? <laughs> um, not just the mid-credit scene. No, there's an after-credit, so. Don't 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 make me be that person to stand up in your theater and go, stay for the end. Because so, I, I have done that. Yes. So, um, so uh, this month's book, uh, this was your pick, right, Ray? This is mine, yep. Okay, uh, so going back, we have done the we're uh, we're still going through. Uh, everyone picked a book, and we're going through them uh, slowly but surely. And this month's was uh, Ray's pick. It's the Wizard's Butler by Nathan Lowell. This is an interesting pick for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think all of us had already read it before. It, you know, it was it was time. I think we've all previously read it. You know, before we had it assigned. Essentially, um, the other thing is is this is the first time we're reading a book uh, by this author. But I can guarantee you it won't be the last. Uh, in fact, I think we're about to start falling down a rabbit hole here pretty quick, which should be fine with me. So, which is shocking that we weren't already down that rabbit hole, by the a way. A little bit, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and get started. Uh, Ray, since it was your pick, uh, why did you pick this book and what are your initial <laughs> thoughts? Um, so uh, let me make sure I say who narrated it correctly. Uh, who did narrate it? Tom Talorson? Anyway. That guy. Yeah, that guy. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Way to say his name correctly. He spent all that time. I'm reading it really (laughs) tiny. Anyway. Uh, Anyway, so yeah. uh, Nathan Lowell is the writer. Uh, We have a series that we've been full series that we've already listened to of Nathan Lowell's that I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I'll say about, I just listened to the very beginning of it and it was the concept itself that intrigued me where we're following this Butler who's, uh, and all you know is that he's going to be a Butler for this old guy who thinks he's a wizard. And, And I'm like, okay, that might be interesting. And you kind of fall in love with the characters, right? Like that's that was a uh, you can kind of see yourself in as the everyday guy. Um, and I think that's why I really like Nathan Lowell's writing is because whether it's sci-fi or in this case it's kind of like magical, um, it's everyday life, but with that mixed in. 
I, I think that's kind of what uh, intrigues me by his writing. So, yeah, that's. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna jump in here real quick. Uh, I, I did greatly enjoy the book. I did greatly. I have greatly enjoyed uh, the other things that we've read by him. Um, it's funny. I was going through trying to uh, make sure I had like some plot points and stuff written down or whatever and stuff happened. And even though I just reread it, uh, I was looking online to see, you know, just some general information. And a lot of people really like this book. Like it is highly rated, but a lot of the reviews are, I don't know why I like this book. Nothing happens or it's very slow and it doesn't seem like anything happens, but I can't stop listening to it. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, a little bit like, there is stuff that happens. I don't want to make it seem like nothing happens in the book, but it is also not like there's no, there's no, there's not a car chase. There's not a fight scene. There's not, there's nothing that you would think would be exciting necessarily that happens. But once you start listening to it, you just, and even though, even though, you know, it becomes obvious what's happening in the book, you're just along for the ride and you just mm-hmm. enjoy, yeah. enjoy the ride essentially. So, mm-hmm. uh, Sean thoughts. Um, unlike, you, this was my first read of the book. Now, I, I love Nathan Lowell um, from his other series. And so listening to this one, it was a little bit different. I was like, I wasn't sure what to expect because his other series is so massive. But I would say within the first chapter, I was like, yep, this is good. And it was exactly the reason you just brought up that Nathan Lowell's writing doesn't tend to be overly... I uh, like sensationalized. There doesn't, there's not an asteroid coming to wipe out humanity or anything like that. That seems to be like the major plot for a lot of novels. Um, even like murder mysteries and stuff like that. There's always something like huge going on, but that's not Nathan Wolf's writing style. He's a much more even keel. He takes far off concepts like space travel and he makes them almost mundane as just a background in the story. But the characters are so rich that you just, you feel like they're a part of your family and you just, you fall in love with them without even realizing it. And it's like, you're like standing next to them during the whole story. And Nathan's Nathan Lowell's writings are all like that. Um, They may, they don't have too high a plot points or whatever, but it doesn't dip either. It's a nice, even keel. And for a lot of people, um, especially like reading as often as we do, where you're used to having like that huge, <laughs> just put some caulking in his mouth or something like that. <laughs> peanut butter. Give him peanut butter. Anyway, um, butter. yeah, without, without those huge plot points um, in the stories that we read all the time, Falling onto this type of story, it's just like, oh, this is nice. Yes. <laughs> Breath of fresh it's, air. It's, it, it's everyday it's life. Follow along. But made interesting. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. 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 Like even the magic in this particular book is like, after like the first couple things, like you're slowly brought into it. Yeah. But even when you're fully Im- immersed in that magic stuff, it's like, Oh, that's nice. And you, you're more focused on the characters than yes. the actual magic. Yes. And his other series, The Trader Tales, set in space, but 
space is in the background. It's like, yeah, yeah it brings up some storytelling devices, but that's not the point of the story. So, and I found this one exactly like that. Yeah. Very character driven. Yeah. Chris, thoughts? Um, I really liked it. So when Ray suggested it, I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> and he pitched it to me. He's like, he, this old man thinks he's a wizard. I'm like, ooh, because it's like, and I didn't care one way or the other. I'm like, I just think it's really cool that this old dude thinks he's a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm done. I'm reading it. And I do like Nathan Lowe because, because I've read the, um, his, the one day, what's the quarter share series? That's the one. The Trader Tales one. Yeah. I read all of that. Um, and it is because I'm not a science person. I do like, but I like science fiction anyways. I like that it's not, yeah, it's not, it's not epic, right? Like it's just, it's kind of like Seinfeld for science fiction. You know, <laughs> it's just like everyday life and everybody lives it. And sometimes shit happens and sometimes it doesn't, but it's all just, you know, it's right. You could relate to it, right? Like we, we all know. Some we all know somebody whose family had a terrible experience with uh, a wealthy relative died and everything going to shit. And we all have, you know, we all know somebody who works, um, you know, as a first responder or we know, you know, somebody who knows somebody. Right. Um, and the toll that it can take, like our dads are cops. So, you know, that whole thing and the toll it can take. And and also just, I don't know, trying to adult. You're trying to figure your shit out. This guy's 30-ish, 30, 37, yeah. early 30s. Um, and he's just trying to get his life figured out after, you know, having a bit of a hectic yeah. start to his 20s. Um, but, yeah, I, I just like, because, I don't know, it was cute and sweet and fun, and I want more. And if I don't, that's fine, too. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, I didn't, when I was looking for the uh, cover... For the uh, um, mm. YouTube video, I did find a cover of the book that does say book one on it. So, yes. uh, so definitely yeah, be getting more of this. Yes. Well, good. And I will say, if you are not, because there are people out there who don't like um, fantasy and magic and stuff. This is very light. Yes. Very light. It's, it, yeah, it's enough to make it interesting, but it's not enough. You're like, oh, my, I get it. I get it. Okay, yeah. let's. Yeah, this We're isn't fine. like this isn't a Harry Potter no, series. This or isn't like a, Lord of the Rings. Or Lord of the Rings. Like that, this so. isn't fantasy in that realm. There's no this epic. Is, there's no. This is an yeah. everyday book, and there's Seinfeld be, with wizards. Yeah, Seinfeld with wizards. <laughs> I was gonna compare it to uh, butlers. <laughs> I was gonna compare it to like the Lazy River. Like it's not yeah. an exciting ride, but it's nice. But it's, it's comfortable. Everyone likes to do it, and it's just it's just nice. It's just it's a nice experience. Yeah, you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to think too much. It's just kind of one of those you shut your brain off a yeah. little bit and kind of enjoy enjoy it. I I knew I was going to enjoy the book when I met the uh, the wizard when yeah. I when I met. Oh, okay, yeah. That's so. Let's that's, let's go ahead and jump into it. So uh, just a, a quick recap of the story. Um, our main character, um, uh, Roger Mulligan. Literally, the book starts off. He's at a house. He's at this mansion, and he's applying for a job. He's not exactly sure what the job is, and he he just knows that he has qualifications that a lot of other people don't have for said job. And he comes in. Uh, there's a uh, attractive forty year old woman there, and she proceeds and she takes him in, and you know, with her husband, and proceeds to tell him that we want you to be uh, her uncle's 
Butler for a year. Uh, it's a one-year contract where uh, basically he's slowly but surely going out of his mind. Uh, we're trying to get him moved into a rest home uh, out of state where we think he'll be more comfortable. Um, if you can basically be the dude Butler for a year, we'll give you $5,000 a month and a million dollars at the end. And he's like, what? And they're like, no, legit. Go you know, change it up if you need to. Sure enough, he does. Um, but his stipulation is, is well, I just I, I want to meet the old man first. And so he goes upstairs to meet the old man. And she's literally, oh, by the way, he thinks he's a wizard. Mm-hmm. And so like- he sits down and uh, there's a very small uh, uh, display of magic while he's there. Uh, something that could easily be taken care of with like a, a remote or something. Um, but he agrees to it. Um, the old man is having some issues. He does. He is forgetting what time he is in from time to time and also keeps uh, occasionally referring to uh, Mulligan as his uh, former butler Park, uh, Perkins. Um, he also says that it's that's also partially just because Perkins was with him for like, what, 14 years, something like that. 40. Like a, a, for, yeah, yeah, it was an extended period of time. Yeah. So he's like, sorry, I just I slip. Uh, but he does have some genuine times where he's slipping. And as we go through the book, uh, these magical explanations come up. And when there's no other reason or no other real explanation for it, he kind of has to assume, well, maybe he is actually a magician or a, a wizard. Um, and at that point, we, we keep going. And uh, it just like I said, it's not there. We don't have any like battles. There's no like you don't see any like he doesn't have a wand. He's not like shooting spells or anything. Uh, the magic in this book is like he's able to change a chair into a wheelchair when he when he needs it. He's able to open and close doors when he needs it. Um, there is fire. He, he can do fire. Yes. Uh, he's able to essentially teleport himself as well. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, he's just an old, cool dude, essentially. Like yeah. he he's aware of where he is most of the time. Mm. Uh, and uh, he's very respectful. That, that's the I think that's the thing that I like was it's, you know, yes, you're my butler. But, you know, he's also very cordial all the time. He's never demanding unless he's kind of, you know, having one of his moments or whatever. So um, but our, our our protagonist is uh, he was in the military. He got out of that. He was in Afghanistan and almost got blown up several times. And then he came back to the U.S. and was an EMT. Um, and apparently punched a guy out because the guy was, I guess, I think it was beating on a woman or something. He deserved it apparently. Uh, and so he's kind of been trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life. And so the idea of becoming a butler is something he would have never thought, but that's also part of the magic of this book is as he's learning to buttle, um, he's finding out he likes, like he likes, Mm -hmm. he likes the organization. He likes the the routine he likes the people he works with he likes he likes this job and it's something he would have never pictured for himself in fact every time he meets someone they're like you're a butler really like you, mm-hmm. and you're okay with that and he's like actually yeah i am yeah. so it's a yeah, lot better than that. getting shot at yeah yeah people aren't trying to kill me yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so um all right well that was any other additional things you want to throw in about mulligan um He's, I don't know, he just seems like a guy you would know, right? He just seems like a night, I don't know, like an average dude who's <clears throat> had a bit of a un- not so average work 
life. Yeah. But I don't know. He doesn't. He's a nice guy. He's polite, and I, I like how he he immediately goes from interviewing with. Oh, what's her name? Naomi. 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 Yeah. Naomi. Naomi. Yeah. Naomi. Um, and he's very straightforward. I like how straightforward he is. I like that he can see like right through her, her BS and stuff. And then um, he meets the old guy, and they just have this sort of like really cool instant rapport. And um, he just slips right into that butler mode, like he was always meant to be a butler. Yeah. It's like he he watched Downton Abbey and then just yeah. channeled that. <laughs> Well, what else would you do? Like I'm, I'm trying to put myself yeah. in his role. I'd be like, you just have to, I kind of try and mimic yeah. the same thing. Just, yeah, all the stuff, all the English movies you've seen, anything with like royalty or whatever, and you see footmen and butler, you just copy that. Yeah. Yeah. So he does his little bow. And... <laughs> no sir, yes sir, yes ma'am. You know, I like it's the fun. fact how so okay. Nathan, so Nathan Lowell, how he wrote him is he didn't create a protagonist that knew everything about. Mm-hmm like butling and stuff like that. Yeah. Like it was your everyday person. And then he made a point of writing about like, he doesn't know how to cook. Yeah. So yeah. instead of like just saying, Oh, I grabbed a couple books. No, it was a, that was a big part of the story was him learning how to cook and clean mm-hmm. like yeah. little things. And Nathan Moll kept adding that. And I think that helped. For me, uh, to build that character in my mind, like it wasn't just building a picture of what he looked like. I I learned stuff with him as it went along. I really loved that about Nathan Lowell's writing. Mm-hmm. And it, it made you closer to Mulligan. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right. His writing is very much that like in the um, Trader's Tales books. uh the main character there doesn't know anything about his job or what he's doing. Yeah. It's just, he he's, he's a good guy. He is trying to do his best, which is the same with Mulligan. And mm-hmm. over the journey, we learn with him at, you know, whatever it is in that case, it was, you know, becoming a trader out in, you know, the, you know, in space, or in this case, it's learning how to become a Butler. And, um, it, it's funny you were talking about, you know, watching uh, Downton Abbey to, to, to learn that. Um, I'd always heard this tale. Who knows if it's actually true or not? Supposedly, uh, a lot of gangsters, especially in New York, watched uh, The Godfather and were like, that's how we're supposed to be. <laughs> and I, I don't, you know, I don't know that may be completely off, but I've heard that told multiple times. So who knows? It may be one of those things. It's like, you know, well. So this is how we're supposed to act. This is how we're, you know, mm-hmm. okay, then, yeah, that's what we're going to do. So, um, so let's what I like to do. Oh, oh, sorry. Well, no, I was just going to say, I like how Nathan Lowell sort of, um, with his characters, he kind of slumdog millionaires it a little bit in that they, their life experience sort of works and actually helps their new situation that they've never been in before. So like with, um, Ishmael, it was his, the coffee right? Like his mom oh, yeah. and just always made coffee and he just was like, this is what I know how to do. And it just sort of served him. And that's how it moved him you know, forward in that. And then with, with Roger, it's, he's just really quick on his feet. He's got that reaction time where he, because of the military and yeah. being an EMT, he's just really quick at adapting and, and assessing a situation, assessing a situation and, 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 you know, yeah. staying calm, always being calm. Like he never, throughout the whole book, I don't think he ever gets he gets nervous and there's that one moment um, 
where he gets really worried for um what's his name i keep thinking uncle perry and that's not his first name joseph um, shackleford joseph thank you um for joseph but other than that he keeps it really cool and calm all of the time because that's sort of where his mind goes because of all of that army training and the yep. emt trainings that you have to be cool calm and collected under pressure all the time yep. you can't lose your head unless you know you punch somebody out <laughs> uh well speaking of uh of uh, joe shackleford that was the next person i was gonna bring up so he's the quote-unquote old man he's the one who thinks he's a wizard and as the book goes on it becomes very clear he is a wizard uh like i said there's not he's not like flinging spells from a, a wand or anything like that um as we go on we find out he has a uh, medallion he picked up as a as a much younger man that allowed him Gave him certain abilities to kind of foresee his future, um, pick stocks well, that type of thing that allowed him to really advance himself in life. Uh, the the uh, the downside is is now that once he turns seventy, it's starting to steal his memories mm-hmm. and will eventually kill him. In fact, he cannot take off the medallion unless and then he or he will die. Um, so th- while he's doing this. Um, uh, we come in and he'll be reading a certain type of, he'll be reading a certain book. He's completely coherent, knows everything that's going on. It's good to go. Uh, and then other times, um, uh, you know, we'll walk in and he's reading this other book and he, you know, literally just can, you know, he, he keeps calling, you know, uh, you know, uh, by the other name, by the old butler's name. And, you know, he'll even say, why did you bring me this? You know, I don't I don't eat this or I don't do this Mm. or whatever. Um, It is. But he realizes it. he realizes that he's having this problem, which is why he's researching in these books, trying to figure out a way that he can hopefully cheat this medallion and uh, and uh, a either not lose himself or b die. So, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, so there are some stakes, but they're definitely uh, they're definitely moderate. As it were. Yeah. So it's not like the whole world's not going to come to an yes. end. It's just, yeah. I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, let's see here. So uh, she shows up constantly. I'm not even going to bring up her husband because he didn't really show up, Thomas. Uh, no. Naomi. Um, first thoughts as compared to later on, like, she definitely oh, portrays right. herself differently at the beginning. It's like, okay, well, maybe she just doesn't understand what's going on. No, no I saw right yeah, through that. Yeah, tell. It was like, oh, yeah. No, she's horrible. Yeah. She's <laughs> going to be... Yeah, she's going to be awful. She, yeah. She's She knows exactly what's going on. She's the one that's... Like, her husband's there, but she he's she, not running it. He's in control, yeah. Yeah, yeah she, this is her show. Yeah, it's her show. She's putting on a little performance right now. She's going to be horrible later. Yeah. Yeah, and she is. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so let's go ahead and move on. Uh, some of the other characters. Um, Fidelia, his, oh, his good friend. Fidelia. Fidelia, yeah, it's, she's nice because it's nice that... Um, I also like that there was no love interests in this book. That was kind of nice. That 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 wasn't the focus. It was all about um, Roger being a butler and learning through that, and then that his there, there was his some, relationship with there not, was, not no like, no yeah there was for Roger in particular there was a, a mo, there was there could have been, there could have been but that was more up to two, but I I yeah it was just kind of a there, I'm yeah, assuming you're referring to the jogger. 
yes. the jogger and yeah so there, but there was no actual like love story or anything yeah. like that in this right? yeah good. Which but, I yeah, so I like that him and Fidelia had just been friends for forever yeah. and that they had this really great relationship that went back. So when he was having his episodes, she was still familiar to him. She and she went along with it, like without yeah. missing a beat, without correcting him, without getting because she she's talent. They call him talents like somebody yes. has talent because like she's that. talented, yeah. too. And she knows all about it. And yeah. she's she's sweet. I like how she deals with Naomi. Oh yeah, she yeah, she's definitely a. I feel yeah. like I need to channel some of that in my life. <laughs> um, I like you. I like how they call. I like how they call other wizards um, being talented. Um yeah. I love how they treat other wizards. That there are other wizards mm-hmm. in this. Yeah. In this, and that um, they just have like everyday jobs, but they're obviously yeah. super talented at whatever it is they do. So he calls in at one point. Um, they're looking to have like internet and uh, and uh, the com- you know computers brought into yeah. the mansion, and so they're like, okay, well we, we need you know I need a, a a desk built here or whatever. And he's like, oh well, I've got a guy, and the guy comes in, does the measurements or whatever, and then literally like within that a couple of it. hours comes back yeah. with it finished, and it's like, there's no way in hell <laughs> you could have done this, especially up to the level of quality that it's yeah. done, yeah, in that amount of time. Um, fish is dry. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there was that. There was like, uh, let me think. Uh, the the um, later on in the book, uh, they go to see some uh, some people uh, for uh, oh, you know, marketing. marketing. Yeah. A marketing team, and and they're talented as well. They. I I love. Uh, he goes to get a suit at the beginning of the book. <gasps> oh yes. yes. And she's like yeah. this, and gives him a book. And so every time he looks up whatever he needs to look up, it's right there. There it is, and he always turns to that page on the, first, first, on the first try of that book. So yeah, I like that book. <laughs> and even though he questions himself from time to time, there is one time he goes back, and they're like, oh, yeah. "Well, did you look in the book?" He's like, "No. Why would that be? Oh, it's in the book." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should just trust everything's in the book. <laughs> so, um, well, someone of the first mentions of something that's magical just flat out magical is um his dusting routine mm-hmm. so he comes in one morning he brings uh shackleford his breakfast and he says the pixies are angry with you uh <laughs> because apparently you're doing their job and of course he doesn't really know how to take at this point he doesn't realize what's really happening he yeah. still thinks maybe all right maybe this guy is kind of off his rocker yeah mm-hmm. um and he's like well you know don't listen, just stay to your areas and, uh, you know, occasionally give the pig, just put out a, a saucer dish with a little bit of, uh, brandy or wine or whiskey, whiskey, put out a little whiskey for them. That'll, that'll make them happy. And, um, and, and, you know, he's trying to comprehend this, but then he looks around and he starts, at, he also tells him, well, go do me a favor, go check the rest of the building, make sure that, you know, there's no leaks, there's no problems or whatever. And that's his way to go around and look and go, Wow, there is no dust anywhere. Like, I, yeah. I've been here for a couple of weeks. There's obviously no one else that's shown up. Like, this the doesn't grass, make sense. The grass is cut. Okay, so it wasn't pixies. What did he say? Uh, fairies. 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 Fairies are the ones that – fairies are in the garden. Yes. Pixies yeah. are in the house. In that's the right. House. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's it, – it, and that's kind of – I think that was the turning point for Roger because he's mm-hmm. just like, there's there's no way this is happening without me noticing it. And this is 
and I'm here all the time. It's not like I'm going and running off and a yard crew's coming in and taking care of everything within a couple of hours and then I'm back. So, um, uh, but yeah, that's so, you know, he slowly but surely starts to realize that there's there's definitely something going on here. And uh, later on, he he won't just flat out say it, but he definitely also won't deny it either. Mm-hmm. So uh, and in fact, he even mentions it to a couple of people, his his friend that comes over to do the Internet and everything. He's just like, oh, well, the Pixies, you know, take care of stuff. And, yeah. So. Um, yeah. I also love how. When he's contacting these different wizards, they're just like, who is this? Where are you from? Mm-hmm. Uh, let me call you back and make sure. Like, they're yeah. very much. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They want to make sure. But then once they know it's it's Joseph Shackelford, it's like, oh, no, whatever you need. Whatever you want. Gotcha. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, OK. And so as we're going through this, it becomes very obvious. Naomi is trying to get him committed so she can get to the money. Um, you know, unbeknownst that, you know, this is a magical mansion with all these, you know, really awesome things going on. So he's been on the look for a, uh, a, a potential, um, family yeah. member that he is, yeah. that is also gifted that he can maybe bequeath everything to. Um, and with the advent of the internet and DNA testing, he finds out he has a potential match, uh, and a young lady named Barbara Griffin. And so they go to visit Barbara and Barbara is a medium. And, uh, I like how that scene played out. They literally walked in and she's just, she's already sensed what's going on. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, okay, why are you here? <laughs> Who are you? Yeah. So I can read um, him. I can't read you at e- all. Exactly. <laughs> so what were your thoughts on Barbara? I, I wasn't sure at first when I when they introduced mm-hmm. her character. I'm like, okay, is she gonna be shady? Is she gonna be? But like, as soon as she comes to the house, and it's like, nope, she fits right into this. She's, uh, you know, it makes sense because she's taught herself how to use her her talents and um, and so I found it interesting when they started talking about that. And I hope they go into that a little bit more detail uh, in the next book. Um, how she grew up uh, and she, you know, always asked her mom about, you know, people that glowed different or this, that, the other. And, and her mom, not knowing that she had a little talent in herself um, would, would say, well, doesn't she look, you know, talented or, um, but she wouldn't admit to knowing anything because she didn't see the the glowing or this, that, the other. Uh, And then her Barbara's ability came uh, in full, force in college i guess uh is is the way it was read and so her having to navigate that where she can read people's minds essentially in college and that would be a mind fuck so that would be terrible (laughs) yeah (laughs) so um she even says that at least it's not like a river flowing through her head like she has to actively look yes yeah. But yeah. it's also like, well, you also knew when a relationship was going downhill, like at the very yeah. beginning. So, which, I mean, you, that would save you a lot of heartache. Well, really. Yeah. Could you imagine if your sister had had that ability? No, because oh. I think she would. Well, no, that, that's, that, that's not what they meant. Then. No. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I like I like Barbara in that she um, I like the way how she does read people where she sticks mm-hmm. her hands up and just starts, and yeah. she starts, you know, like almost 
pulsing at the air and closes her eyes and um the person being read just sort of yeah (laughs) person being read just sort of gaps out and then comes to and realizes that it's you know (laughs) he's still there um i i get it i she all the hesitancy all of the are you sure and like i'm being taken for a ride here so i'm gonna get the most that I absolutely can out of this guy because he's bullshitting me. All of that. I totally related to him. Like, yeah, some old dude comes to your place of work, says, by the way, you're my relative. I'm super rich. I want to give you my (laughs) entire mansion and everything in it. What do you say? Um, fuck you. You can leave. I'm not buying whatever it is you're selling. Oh, you mean it? Sure. Give me 50 grand for a week and then we'll talk. Which I thought was interesting because he specifically thanks, uh mulligan because he at first she read him and Mm -hmm. then she asked if she could yeah and he even said he's like that would not have gone as well if you were not here because she could obviously tell if you were lying or not and obviously you you know thought the truth essentially so but um well and i like that that ability comes into play later in the book too so yes um i really like the fact that she was so practical and pragmatic like mm-hmm. you could get rid of the ability in her character and she would still be a great character like when they're trying to figure out what to do with the house mm-hmm. yes the whole big scene and like shooting stuff down and stuff like some of them oh that'd be a cool idea for a story yeah but that wouldn't work like it's he's yeah. going down the the non-powered road when mm-hmm. he's writing it and it's like and she's perfect for that like yeah. She really shone afterwards. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, okay, so the the, um, the the climax of the book essentially is he is drug into he, he's drug into a, uh, a court hearing about his sanity. It's just a it's just a preliminary thing, and he starts having a heart attack. Um, I'll be honest, like, I'm not one of those people that, you know, looks ahead and obviously is like, oh, well, this is where this is going. I try to let the book just kind of take me where it's going to go. But when they're like, oh, well, he can't take off the medallion unless he dies. And they keep bringing up the fact that, oh, yeah, he's an EMT. He brings people back to life. Do you specifically have a cardiac machine to do that said thing? And I'm just like, yeah, so this is obviously how they're going to get the medallion off him. Um, And I feel they they even toy with the the like they talk about it at one that point actual idea. and mm-hmm. and they're like well why don't we just do it take yeah. it off and bring them back and and rightly so, so rogers, rogers like that's rogers a like, no. terrible idea <laughs> yeah or like this is not a guaranteed plan. thing guys like yeah. no <laughs> it's not how that works <laughs> yeah oh not okay with this. <laughs> did flat. anyone else think at any moment that before the actual scene that anyone else in particular was going to pick up the medallion. I just had this feeling. I was like, it's going to be Roger. Roger's going to pick this damn thing up. Now I don't know what it's going to do to him, mm-hmm. but in the future books, that might be the interesting thing is that maybe yeah. it starts to give him powers or something. I don't know. Something. I, I thought about that myself. Um, I'm not sure. Um, I, I thought it was going to go to him. I, I did. Uh, but it was really interesting that uh, that it basically called out to every other wizard at that moment. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and I thought Fidelia was, rushed him. Hey, oh yeah, she goes at him with her nails, nails. and like, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, no joke. 
I can see the way Nathan Wall tends to write these stories, though, that that medallion, it won't play any effect in future stories. He just has to wear it. I thought about that as because, well, especially because he said it. he thinks it's getting smaller. So that may also be the thing that yeah. in the next book, it's like, oh, no, it's like a penny it's, now. It, like, it's yeah. not. Yeah. yeah. This thing's shriveling up and dying. Yeah. yeah. It's not being fed magic. Yeah. yeah. Um, any particular scenes? I just want to throw out, I love the whole deal with the cars. Because I would be the exact same way. It would be like, oh, my. and I'm not a car guy, but I'm just, I would just be like, I'm not driving a Bentley <laughs> worth a quarter or half a million dollars downtown. I don't care how, I don't care how comfortable you are in it, old man. We got to find something else. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I would be the same way about the cars. I don't think I'd be driving a Prius. Uh, for you my drive person. a Kona that's electric. <laughs> yeah, but it's not a Prius. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I did like the whole thing about the cars. Uh, I I liked the whole thing about the warehouses. The, the scenes that I enjoyed um, were when the Pixies were calling out because there was an emergency. Oh yeah. Uh, and and Rogers like I don't hear anything. anything. What the yeah. hell are you talking about? And then. So um, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then anytime that he, oh, the other one that I loved was when he kicks um, Naomi out of the house. And the, the three women, the uh, Barbara, her mom, and Fidelia are at the top of the stairs. And they're like, just wanted to make sure that uh, you, you had some witnesses. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, that was a good scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any particular scenes you want to bring up, Chris? Um. Yeah. Any time that Naomi came over and Roger was like in her way and she'd get super annoyed. I enjoyed that because he didn't back down from her. Um. And oh, she expected like, him to, and she kept reminding him, like, "Look, you work for me." And he's like, "Yeah, but you, I mean, you hired me to do very specific things. You did, <laughs> and you're at, you, I can't give you what you asked for. So I liked those scenes because I was like, "Fuck you, Naomi." Um, and then I liked um anytime they talked about the the arboretum that they have oh, in the middle yeah. of the nation. Yeah. The fairies take care of. I was like, oh, I could see it in my head. It was so cool. And the and the warning noises that the pixie would pixies would give off. Um, and he and Roger didn't know until Fidelia, no, until Barbara actually. It was until Barbara showed up that and she was listening. She's like, do you hear that? And then, you know, realized that that's when um, Joseph is having one of his spells. Um, but yeah, those was definitely the arboretum. Oh, and then there was that small moment where they're talking about what to do with the mansion, and they talk about it being a school. I'm like, oh my god, are they going to Professor X this, and then now this is going to be a school for kids? <laughs> That's kind of cool. But also, I mean, it's been done. But there was that moment where I'm like, ooh. Okay. I'm so glad Mark shot that down. Oh, me too. Well, yeah, yeah, and me too. That would have ruined it. Well, and I thought for a minute, I'm like, oh, is that where we're going? And it's like, no. no. I was like, okay. No, but for that I'm moment, okay with that. <laughs> as he's as yeah. he, oh, yeah. no, he talking about yeah. it, and I'm like, huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Sean, do you think – so you think the medallion is not going to play a big role in the future. What about the Arboretum? Part of me thinks that's going to be something. Well, the, the Arboretum is a part of the whole mansion. Like, I think mm-hmm. as a whole – I think it's going to be because the pixies and the fairies are so connected to it. And it's kind of a, a safe haven for them within the city. 
Um, they already kind of established the whole reason they wanted Barbara was to make sure that stayed in a, as a safe place and not get knocked over to build condos. Mm-hmm. So, and I think they pretty much got that established by the end of the mm-hmm. the book. Um, I think possibly it'll be a home base and they may for some yeah. reason have to go somewhere else. I was thinking the but, same thing. Um, Cause Nathan Lowell, he, he doesn't, he can, he's good at establishing a lot of stuff and then taking the one most established thing and putting them in a totally different situation. He has no problem of wiping the st- slate clean. So uh, now we're only the first book in. So, but I can see that house being wiped clean, uh, giving it to Barbara, and then we'll follow Roger somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That would be may, maybe not that, the next book, but yeah. Now that you've said that, I'd almost say I wonder if the next book is um, all that stuff's happening in the background, and it's literally him going to Butler School or something, and. Mm-hmm. We keep following him, you know, and there's got to be some kind of magic pull to it as well. But I was uh, I was even wondering, uh, maybe maybe uh, Shackelford's worried about Roger for some reason with that necklace. And maybe he's going to take him somewhere that knows more about it. Um, Yeah, I can see that going, too. Yeah. So but you've got a good point. Like in his other book, it's it's very much established. And I know the first. Was it the first two, maybe three books in the Trader's Tales are almost back to back? And then after that, we have some gaps of time. So I wonder if we're going to get a a time gap here as well. I'm thinking he's still establishing the the whole world and story. So I'm going to say this first book is probably not much time in between, between the first and second book. But who knows? Uh, in particular, Sean, uh, any particular scenes that you enjoyed, Sean, that we didn't have, haven't already brought up? Uh, I always like the scenes where he's like learning new skills. I always enjoyed that. But also, anytime he had to use that Butler book, that was, <laughs> they were always great. I always enjoyed those because he was like, kind of like, oh, what do I do now? And then I open it up and oh. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Like, calling, like, I really like when he had to call someone and then they're like, we'll have to call you back kind of thing. I, I really enjoyed that kind yeah. of thing. And then afterwards, it's like, oh, yeah, you're good. And yeah, I enjoyed those scenes. The the other scene that just came to me that I, uh, there's two that I enjoyed. One was the uh, when the guy came to install the cable and he's like, <laughs> you want me to like just drill through and like, I'll, I'll just put it right through. And then uh, the other the other part with that too was uh, I can set that up for you so you got your you know your password all figured out and he's like turns it off he's like nope looks secure to me like it's just <laughs> <laughs> those little simple security fixes essentially it's like nope we're good you can go now <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um, and then there was something else too um, yeah it doesn't matter it, it, the book in, in general. Well, if there's nothing else in particular, I don't think I had anything so, else in my notes. The only thing that I – and I'd be really curious about Sean's opinion on this one. Uh, I, I shot it to Eugene at one point. I'd, if this was a series or a movie, I see some actors in my head. 
Uh, Ian McKellen, obviously, for Shackleford. I mean, that would just be perfect. Oh, I that think. would be fantastic. I think, uh, yes. Yeah, I, I think he'd do great. Naomi, I could see, played by Sandra Bullock, where she's got that. Like, I thought Jessica Chastain. She, yeah, just Jessica Chastain for you, but I thought Sandra Bullock could pull it off too, where she could be like that, stare you in the face and like cold-hearted. Fuck you. Yeah, but she likes to play nicer characters mostly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was that? That chick from like Scrubs and stuff like oh, that. Uh, Sarah Chalk. No, Heigl. Oh, Catherine. Uh, oh, Catherine. Oh, Catherine oh, Heigl. I can see her as a. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't like her, so yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of Yeah, I don't, I don't mind hating her at all. <laughs> um, the computer tech girl, I, I saw Emma Stone in my head when she showed up. I was like, kind of a cool little, all right, you know, I'll, I'll buy in, sure. You, yeah, you're a wizard, that works. <laughs> um, and for some reason, oh, oh, the, the buddy that helps with the contract. I saw uh, Jay. Bar- I didn't like that character. I know, but I saw Jay Bart. Barishel. doing that. <laughs> uh, and then the only other one that I could think of, um, I can't think of a good uh, Mulligan. I, I'm trying to think of a younger person, like the one we talked about was Taylor Lautner. Yeah, but I couldn't see. But Taylor I, Lautner I can't see him that. in that role. No. Trying to think but of he's that, the right like, age. Yeah, that was the thing. He's the right age for it, right? Where you're kind of in that early 30s. He's almost 30 in real life. Yeah. Well, if you're going to go it. that route, and don't hate me for saying this, but with the right makeup, Robert Patterson? He did come up too, but yeah. yeah. We, we talked about him too. Yeah. The only thing with the like, I'm thinking of somebody a little bit more muscular. Now, we'll see what he looks like in the Batman, but. Yeah, I was about to say. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how he looks. <laughs> um, yeah, I could. yeah. There's, I tend to want to like put an older actor in that role, but I know he's not. No, he's so, not. And I'm eating myself. I'm not. I'm not up with what's cool nowadays. Like <laughs> I watch all programs that are like at least 50 years old. So yeah. I'm not up with the new people. Tom Holland. <laughs> Let's put Tom Holland there. No, I don't, he's no. everywhere. He's everywhere, and he's too small. Yeah. He is. He's a tiny guy. Okay. Yeah, I'm Actually, I, I suck at I suck at trying to yeah. cast people. That's okay. I, it was Unless just a it, little. Oh, and Fidelia, I wanted to to mention Michelle Gomez. She's too young. I know she's too young, but put some makeup on her, and no, she'd be feisty. I'm telling you. <laughs> She's about 20 years too young. She is 20 years too young. So the only other person that I can see her playing is the woman that does the the suits. Yes. Michelle Gomez can make suits. Yeah. There you go. Anything for Michelle Gomez. Yes. Please. (laughs) I want to see her in more. (laughs) She's Missy. I'd have to to really sit down and think about this. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do what? Uh, I know I'm doing the Spider-Man thing. Kind of, but kind of scrawny, know, but goofy looking. Yes, <laughs> he he's got a big head. <laughs> Jesus. He does. He's got a uh, nice I, I don't mind that pick. What was that? Zach Efron. 
No, he got too. He got crazy buff. Yeah, he got too jacked. Yeah. Also, you just not wanted guy. someone. You just said that you wanted someone more buff. And well, he like, did. Buff and there's a. He tried to be like the Rock again. Like was, He's also <laughs> little. He's also he's like an inch taller than me. Yeah. Liam Hemsworth. He could do it. Liam Hemsworth. Huh? Throwing Hemsworth in not there. Not as big. No, he's but, not. No. And he's he's pretty much right. Yeah, he'll be thirty. Yeah. I think, next year. And yeah, that- he can. Do a straight roll because Mulligan is not funny. Nope. No. A straight man. Yep. There you go. go. Liam's. Liam's Thank you, Sean. Thank you. (laughs) I'm done for the day. (laughs) (laughs) Was there anything else anyone wanted to throw out there? Um, Like I said, just overall, it was an enjoyable book. It's I've read it a couple of times now. It, um, like I said, the the biggest. The biggest thing is when, you know, the um, he technically dies because of the, the you know, the medallion, uh, essentially the medallion tries to kill him. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's not like there's not like a lot of action. It, a lot of it is just, you know, learning as you're going along, which, you know, like we said, the uh, this is very reminiscent, reminiscent of his other book series that we all really liked, uh, the Trader's Tales books. And um it's just, it's an easy, it's, it, it's an easy read. It's an mm-hmm. easy listen. It's very, it's, you know, it's, uh, the, the reader is very good. Um, I really yeah. enjoyed the reader. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the voices that he did for all the characters. He like Mulligan or Mulligan Joseph. and, and Joseph. Joseph I, he did really well. I loved his voice for Joseph. I thought that was perfect. Um, go ahead. No, I thought of another scene that I liked. Sorry. I, me too. I did too. Uh, oh, I- Sorry. The other the other thing that I really enjoyed was the court scene. And I I loved seeing uh Mulligan admit to yeah, I think he's a wizard. Like, you know, and that was and the the judge is like, "What?" And so he once he explains it, he's like, "Yeah, like he he's an old guy. He has more money than I could ever imagine. And yeah, I think he's a wizard." <laughs> so, it seems pretty magical to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, I like I like the one where um, the medallion um, kind of took over. Um, when Joseph. she's reading, oh, when Barbara's reading yes. him, right. when Barbara yes. is, and it starts talking to her. Yes. I like that. That, that was, was pretty fantastic. Cool. I wanted sure. a little bit more of that. That was great. Yeah, I liked that. And yeah, she likes. She just stands or sits there with her fist in the air, trying to block everything for yeah. a while. And <laughs> yeah, that was great. I like that one. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay we'll stop now <laughs> <laughs> um well I, obviously we all enjoyed the book uh i would say i i think it's pretty unanimous that if 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 when we get another book in this series we'll definitely be oh, yeah. uh, reading it so definitely. um yeah it, it was very enjoyable so um i don't remember how did y'all find it i think audible just was like oh hey you like nathan lowell yeah, you'll like this and i was just like didn't you read it first? I think you're the first yeah, one to read it, right? I did, yeah. Okay. Um, so I was on I was on Audible, and I looked up Nathan Lowell uh, because I was looking for the, the other books Great that he's written. Well, because I knew he did those. Um, it was the other three books that I hadn't read yet. Uh, so you know how there's the main series, and then there's the three that kind of go back the to back. Smuggler's Tales? Yeah, there's Smuggler's Tales, and then there's another anyway so i was i was looking those up and what order to read them in and listen to them in 
And I saw, oh, shit, he's got a new book out. So I looked that up on Audible. Sure enough, it was available. So I hit download. <laughs> and I'm glad I did because, yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was mm-hmm. really enjoyable. I think you recommended it at the same time Audible recommended it to me because it was literally <laughs> like, okay, well, Audible thinks I'm going to like it. Racism, I'm going to like it. This is next on my list. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess let's go ahead and move on to other things that we're reading. Would anyone like to go first? I've got a couple. Sure. All right, go ahead, Ray. Um, so we only have about three hours left of Singularity Trap. Is that all we have left? Yeah. Huh? Uh, so it's an interesting read. Yes. I would like to have a conversation with you about okay. it. Okay. Yeah. I'm surprised you hadn't read it yet. No, we yeah. hadn't. We'd been reading. We've been reading. We read, because well, Quinny's a huge, huge fan of his. So we've already read Outland a couple of times. We've yeah. we've done Heaven's River a couple of times. Um. Yeah, just hadn't read. We went through Harry Potter. I don't know how many times. Well, that, but that's the whole sentence. Oh yeah, we just hadn't gotten around to reading his this particular his one. one. So uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm, yeah. um, I'm curious where the next three hours are going to go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the other one that I started uh, but got distracted from with the similarity trap was Name of the Devil, uh, which is the oh. second book. So I've started it. Um, it, uh, once I'm done seeing the trap, I'm going to focus on the, the name of the devil. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Chris, are you reading anything else? Yes, but I haven't been on since August because you guys picked creepy books back to back and <laughs> I can't handle that. Sorry. So, I know. I've been writing down all the books I've been reading. So, I think it's August. So, I've read uh, Grand Theft Astro by Scott Meyer. Didn't like it. Uh, Quinny and I both read that and we were like, man, we're really warm about it. Stardust by Neil Gaiman. Nothing, nothing like the movie. That's, this is another book that I like the movie better than I like the book. Uh, quarter share, half share, full share. Then I finished The Hobbit. The dwarves are useless. Um, the fault, they are, I don't get it. So, and I'm, I'm not gonna argue with that. Like, it's, I kept reading it and the further I got, I'm like, is it just me? That they're dumb, or is this like a universal <laughs> thing that they're useless? Uh, did you actually read it, or did you listen yes, to it? No, I read she it. Read okay. it. I, okay. I know the Audible. I I recommend it to her. I'm like, you know, Audible has. I know, but I want it's it's beside my nightstand, so it I was know. a. It was I, a, I might get it just so I can hear. Who narrates it? Oh. Oh, Andy Circus narrates it. Okay. Andy, yes, and he does a fantastic, and his singing is is decent as oh, well like it's, it's yeah yeah so yeah i might get it just so that i can hear him do yeah. it so, so I, I would honestly i would recommend it so yeah so then i read the fault in our stars by john green it's really good i'd never read anything by john green before it's it's a good book um and then i read outland again and then i read norse mythology by neil gaiman um also it's really interesting it's these little snippets of norse mythology and all these little tales kind of um done in his style of writing but it's really interesting and i learned a lot um because then you i kept comparing it to the avengers like i kept comparing it to thor and loki from the avengers versus what nail gaiman had written uh-huh. and what the actual lore is and compared the two and i was like interesting choices for avengers um and then i read the the wizard's butler again um oh we're almost on the singularity trap and i'm probably going to finish tonight it's called the signature of all things by elizabeth gilbert no she she wrote eat pray love this is a fiction it's historical fiction it takes place in um 
the late, it goes through time. So the late 1700s all the way through, I think now it's 1858. Um, and a, um, during the shipping of botanicals around the world in this one particular family and this one particular woman and her, the way she grew up and she's studying mosses and stuff and the, just the trade. So she winds up going to Tahiti. And I didn't know this when, before, um, whoever, uh, nope, I'm going to cook before cook came to Tahiti, there were hundreds of thousands of Tahitians and, and Polynesian people when they, when they started to become a trade route, um, disease hit them really badly to the point where when the book takes place, there's only 8,000 left. Oh, wow. Because the disease had hit them so much. Um, but it's very, very interesting. There's some weird shit in it that I wasn't expecting, <laughs> but it's, it's very good. And it's a really good historical fiction. And Elizabeth Gilbert's an amazing writer. So that's all I've been reading. Sean, what about you? Um, I decided to revisit the Andromeda strain. Um, I like the old Crichton. I like pretty much anything Michael Crichton. So, mm -hmm. and I, it'd been a long time since I had listened to it originally. So it's dated because it was made in 69. So, and you know how Crichton is all about like the current technology. So like he goes into pretty good depth about it and. Now listening to it, it's like, oh my god, <laughs> it's amazing you could do anything. Like, but anyway, it was a good story. And then uh, I found out in 2019, Crichton's wife had a uh, another author create a sequel to Andromeda Strain called really? Andromeda Evolution. That. So hmm. I'm listening to it now. I've got like an hour left, and it's quite good. Uh, it's in the, I think. Michael Crichton would have been happy with it, proud of it. So it's quite the departure from the Andromeda strain, yet the actual virus is prevalent in everything. Like they've taken a new take on it. They have like nanotechnology and stuff like that. And the implications from the original Andromeda strain, right at the end of the book that they mention, that's the whole focus for this newer book it's i'm enjoying it it's it's really good hmm. i've never read the andromeda strain i've i watched the movie adaptation of it but yeah the old the 70s like they've done it a yeah. couple times there was a tv series and all that as well but uh no the the book is it's really good like it's one of Crichton's earliest books mm -hmm. uh, but no it was it was really good good deal um I, I, yeah, I've only read, and actually I didn't even read, finish reading. I started a different book because I've been so busy doing other stuff. Um, but I haven't finished it yet. I, like I said, I got the chance to go to New York City. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to be on a plane. Might as well listen to a book while I'm going because I don't think I'll be able to sleep that much. And, uh, so I was trying to find something. I thought, well, maybe for something kind of fun. And, uh, I downloaded, um, I think the way you would pronounce is devolution, de-evolution, essentially. Um, and it's written by uh, Max Brooks. Uh, Max Brooks, of course, is uh, Mel Brooks' son. He oh. wrote one of my favorite books, uh, um, World War Z. So that is a very serious book. But the topic of a 
either a or a group of uh, Bigfoot attacking and killing people, I thought, okay, well, this has got to be more comedy. Like, is it? No, it's not. (laughs) It's it's pretty serious. Um, so I don't I don't know. It's just maybe maybe I was just in the wrong mindset. I don't know. I've got five hours left of it. I'm hoping that's five hours of double speed. Because if it's five hours of actually listening to it at double speed, I don't know if I can do this. Um, but I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm honestly kind of at uh, – now, granted, we have a new book coming up uh, uh, for January, but I, I'll have at least three or four credits before now and then. I'm trying to figure out what I want to read next, and um, I'll, I'm just kind of like in a, a slump. So I don't know. I may I may be reaching out to you all here in a little bit just to say, hey, you know – and I'm kind of in this mood. And I'm kind of why I'm thinking any recommendations. So, uh, cause like I said, I'm going, I, I went through my, uh, uh, wish list on audible and it's just like, yeah, I'm just not really in the mood for this right now. So <laughs> we'll see. Not, not heavy reading right now. Like I said, I've had a bunch of other stuff going on. Um, so our next book is actually going to be in January. Uh, I know this is coming out early uh, in December, but uh, this is te- this was technically November's book. Uh, we are taking off December. There's just too much stuff going on with Christmas and everything else, so uh, we you know actively chose not to do a book in December. So our January book is uh, Braided Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. Uh, this is uh, Jennifer's book. Our February book is Quarter Share by uh, Nathan Lowell, and we have <laughs> referenced it multiple times. Um, that's your pick, right, Sean? Yeah. Yep. Um, I have a feeling if we don't necessarily go through every book as a review, mm-hmm. we may have to lump some of these books together, kind of like we did. Uh, we did, I know we did this one in another series. Um, we lumped them together. I think actually we did that with books two and three of the Bobaverse. I think we, because yeah. yeah, they were so yeah. closely tied. Uh, so it may make sense to to go through that series because otherwise, like we'll be we could literally do almost a year, if not an entire year, on the quarter share and or the uh, the, the Trader's Tales books if yeah. we it count all of the ones that you know are even you know spinoffs and everything. So, yeah. um, and then after that in March, uh, we're reading New Spring by Robert Jordan, and that's your pick, right, Chris? Yeah. Yes, so, it is. Uh, well, that is our show for uh, this month, ladies and gentlemen. If you would, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, wherever it is you listen to the show. You can find us at epicallygeeky.com. There you can get all of the different shows we do, including the uh, the Epically Geeky show, um, where we just did a review of Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, Creatively Geeky. Uh, we're actually recording the next episode of that this coming week. Um, and then uh, Sustainably Geeky just dropped an episode as well. Um, for the life of me, I cannot remember what the subject was. I literally just wrote all this stuff down and published it the other day. Don't kill me, Jen. Uh, <laughs> oh, she's going to kill you. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this. Uh, <laughs> um, but yes, and then you can follow, you can find us uh, on all the social media at Epically Geeky. Where can we find you online, Ray? Uh, the Reluctant Yeti on Instagram or listening to Audible. <laughs> Chris, where can we find you? On Instagram at Rose and Hummingbird. Sean? Screwing with Wikipedia, as always. And your favorite broken toy on Instagram. 
And if you want to follow my individual wacky adventure, you can find me online at Optimachine on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For everyone on the site, have a good night. has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. 